You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. I hope that you're having a great day wherever you're listening to this. Uh, We're going to jump right into something very personal with me today. My wife is kind of along for the ride. We haven't really discussed, like, hey, here's where we're going with this one. So uh, I don't know when she'll jump in, but she might jump in. Either way, she's going to say hi right now. Say hi, Erica. Hey. There you go. All right. So recently I was part, I was scheduled to speak at an event for a couples conference, something we've done. I don't know. We've probably done, we've done a lot of these over the last 12 years. And I was, um, invited to speak at the place ahead of time, about eight weeks ahead of time so that I could win people over, etc. And that should have been my first clue that something was off. It wasn't actually, it was, I just ignored it. Uh, and, and so we went and it really wasn't an overly good time. There were, there, we did not find the people friendly. It was obviously, obviously, obvious to us that they didn't like us or didn't like me because who could not like you right uh but it was obvious that they didn't like me uh you pointed out, i actually forgot about this but you pointed out when i was like hey is there anybody here who's ever ridden a horse no one raised a hand you know that type of stuff and it's it's not the purpose of today is not to talk about like them it's more to talk about this what do you do when you feel like you were wronged and what do you do when somebody just blatantly says to you i don't like you and here's why and when you ask for an example they don't have any because essentially that's what happen. I was told, hey, we're going to cancel the conference. Okay, why? Well, you connected well with older people, but not younger people. We want to set it up well for success. And the younger people felt that you were judgy. Okay. And the guy who's telling me this is a good guy, right? He says to me, I asked him what that meant and they couldn't give me any examples. And so now like, okay, well, what do I do with that? And I know here's the reason I'm sharing this. And Erica, you even brought this up like, hey, what's the purpose in sharing this? Well, I know that there are a lot of people out there that experience similar situations. Maybe not, maybe not in the speaking realm because there's not a lot of speakers out there. But there are people that you run into that they just don't like you. And I think the thing that we found most frustrating was, is there was a group of the leadership that we felt had pre-made up their mind they didn't like us. And so then what do you do? How do you move forward from that? How do you continue to develop as as a human, as someone who's trying to get things done in your life and the world around you? How is it, how do you move forward and accept the fact, like, like we can all give cognitive assent to the idea that we know not everyone's gonna like us. And and we can all give cognitive assent to the idea that it's okay if not everyone likes us. And yet when we get to the place where someone flat out says either by how their actions or with their words and sometimes both, I don't like you, that can be a very, it, it, it can almost feel like a baseball bat right to your stomach, right to your solar plexus, which by the way, if you've never been hit in your solar plexus, it makes it very difficult to breathe. And, and so the question becomes, what do you do? And, and we talk about this a lot, like, like there's just people who aren't going to like us. I see a lot of this with um, friendship circles. Yes. Like all of a sudden someone gets booted out or a friendship has changed and people don't know what to do with that. Yes. Or, or like, and I was thinking about this today, it, one of the more interesting realities of our time is the more a person starts to feel disaffected with what they grew up in or or what they've experienced as an adult as normal, the more they tend to judge the other people who are not disaffected with that, right? And so somebody who lives in our small town of Lowell might be like, well, I need to move to Detroit because that's a city. 
and and Lowell is just you know podunk central. Well, part of it is we see being liked as being the popular kid back in school, right? And when you move actually through school and through adulthood, you start to realize no matter how much of a people pleaser you are, how kind you are, how nice you are, there's just some people that are not going to like you. And accepting that, I think, is the biggest step yes. moving forward. It's yep. just accepting that, you know what, someone might not like me. Um, I grew up believing that that was a value, that you peace at all costs and you make sure everybody likes you. Right. And I'll never forget, we had an employee who came to you and said, uh, you know, the biggest problem with our organization was your wife. Because I don't remember if they said it was unkind or... What they s- we can't actually say the word that they said you were because <laughs> this is a family-friendly show. Okay. But it rhymes with itch. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, and I remember that bothered me for so long because, uh, you know, it was a huge value of mine to make sure people liked me. Now, being married to you over the years, I have gotten over that because you are not somebody who sits and laments on the fact um, that people have stopped liking you or they don't like you. I actually think you've softened a little bit and you've gotten a little more sensitive in your older years, but when no, I first met you, no. you could care less all the time. No, so. But So that's actually why I think this is an important show for us to do because probably if you polled most of our friends, like not the people who think they're in our inner circle, but the people who literally are, they would say, well, that's not going to bother Joe. But the, the, the two sides of it was, I felt like I was being accused of something that I couldn't defend myself against. There was literally like, okay, so they think I'm judgy. Well, what did I say? Well, they can't tell me. Well, okay, I do human behavior for a living. So that means they didn't hear anything they didn't like. They just didn't like me. And then we're going to cancel when I thought that the person that was leading it, I, I felt betrayed. I want to be clear here. So if you heard that, please listen to the next 10 seconds with your most attention. That doesn't mean that he did betray me. I felt that way. And I don't know all of the details about what he had to go through to make the decision. And I'm not even pretending to know. This isn't about him. But in the moment, I felt betrayed. In fact, the next day, as the day went on, the angrier I got, which is rare for me. I don't typically get angry with people who don't like me. I'm just like, whatever, and move on. But part of it was there's a third element there. And that's that person who's like, I don't actually agree with them, but we're going to cancel it anyhow. Well, uh, wait, what? And so, so the, here's the thing that I kind of want to lay out this. I don't just, I think I'm not, I don't, I don't know. To be honest with you, your statement, we liken it back to, you know, being popular in school. I don't know if I agree with that or not, or it's just from basically the time we start school forever, we're taught that the popular people who are liked are doing it right. Even though in reality, when you look at life, that's rarely the case, right? Uh, we were just talking, who were we talking? I was just talking to our, our neighbor, Ryan, about his son. And he was talking about how his son, he's a sophomore, and he recognizes that he's not in the super cool group because he's not a super athlete. And and so Ryan asked him about one of his friends. He's like, oh, he's nothing. And Ryan was like, what does that mean? He's like, he just refuses to play the game. Like he just, he keeps himself outside the circle of categories as much as he can, right? And, and so, we typically struggle with people like that. And I'd put myself in that category. I don't really typically care a whole lot about people's view of me as long as I'm convinced I'm doing the right thing. And so when you get to this place, and, and if it hasn't come for you yet, it will. It comes for everybody. Uh, you know, you've had couples tell the community that, that you, you advocate for divorce and sure, you yeah. advocate for a lot of things, you know, and that you don't actually advocate for. They just don't want to get well. And so they're, they're, they're flipping the script on you. 
And that, to me, that's one thing. I, I always get nervous when clients say, oh, hey, I was telling my friend about what you said. Because a lot of times what I hear next about what I said isn't actually what I said. But I'm okay with that. I live with that. The element here is, is what happens when you trust someone and you feel betrayed? And, and so here's what I did. Here's how I navigated through this. I'm not going to show you all my journal, but I could. In my journal, I started with, is there truth in what they said? Right? Okay, I feel betrayed. I feel like my friend didn't stick up for me. I feel like this one person made everything worse. So what? None of that matters because I don't control any of that. And so what do I control? Well, I control my own self-reflection. So, okay, is there truth in what they said? That's the question you start with, right? Well, the one, the one complaint was I was disorganized. Yeah, the first time I spoke, I was. We were late. Uh, we showed up like literally right before everything kicked off and it was a little bit difficult finding my bearings. And I, I tried, this is something you and I talk about a lot. I tried to stay too connected to my pre-written notes. So in the second sermon, I had more time to settle down and I just kind of let my notes go and just went with the, in fact, you made the statement, it's almost like you preached two different messages. And to some extent, I, that's intention, intentional. I usually write, when I'm going to do it twice, I'll write two different versions to see which one lands better. Uh, but okay, so what is true? Well, there was nothing judgmental in there that, that I remember. I was not provided a copy of both. I do have one copy that I listened to nothing judgy in there. So, okay. So now what do I do? Cause now that's not very helpful, right? So, okay. So I start with, is there truth in what they're saying? And I come to the conclusion, no, not really. O okay. Well, what do I do? Well, so then you kind of ask people you trust. So you listen to it. I asked you, was there anything judgy in there? No. Our friend Amy listened to it. Was there anything judgy? I asked her husband and actually asked her, Hey, was there? No, he, she, she said she liked it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So then the question becomes, what does it look like to be gracious with them, right? Because the conclusion I came to was we're just not a good fit. Whatever's currently running in that organization and, and us, we're just not a good fit. And there's a lot of good people that we probably wouldn't be a good fit for. So what does that mean? Well, that means you decide, is the work that you're trying to do worth the possibility of this pain, right? Price, cost, value. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Cost is what you don't see coming. We've been doing this for 12 years and longer than that, 14 years. Uh, and and I've, I've not been in this situation before. So this is a cost that I didn't see coming. Okay, so be it. And, and I'm an intense person. There are people that don't, don't like my intensity. I know you find that hard I to believe. It's so shocking. Right. To hear this. Uh, remember when we had that run of interns and they were like, I just can't do it. He's doing Oh, Adam, if you're listening, man, I wish you the best. Uh, what's that face? Oh, I was just going to say what's interesting listening to you talk is you and I had two completely different responses to this, too. Like, I was a part of that with you. When you sent me that text, I actually smiled and was so relieved that right. I don't have to go back because I was so uncomfortable there. Right. And for you, I had to stop back and think, why isn't he just relieved we don't, we're not doing this? Because the experience was so rough. And I was like, well... Because he's the one who was doing the speaking and he's the one who feels like it was a personal attack against you. And I wanted to use that money to pay off a vacation that we're going on. <laughs> to be honest, that was part of it. Like, cause I had, I had other, other organizations interested in that weekend and yeah, they pay a late cancel fee, but that late cancel fee is not commensurate with what I'd earn in a weekend there. And, and, and there was rejection. Hey, I mean, let's be honest. Here's what they said. You came, you tried, and you sucked. No matter how you dress it up, 
That's what they said. And this is true for you. There are people that won't go apply for a job because they thought they were going to get one. And at the last minute, they went a different direction. There are people that won't that won't go work for a certain organization because, well, I worked there and they fired me. Okay, when? 10 years ago, right? There are people that stopped going to places like church because, well, my feelings got hurt. And and so one of the things that after you ask yourself what's the truth and what they're saying and, and is what I'm doing worth the effort and this potential pain, because the truth is I was relieved too because I did not, in, it's one of the rare times that I can say I spoke and I didn't enjoy it because there was not a lot of feedback, right? It was just kind of, uh, and, and the leaders that were there, not all the leaders of the organization, but the leaders that were there seemed to convey, I don't really like you. And so it was super uncomfortable. And at the same time, I also believe in the value of what we're doing. I believe in the value of the information that we're sharing in those conferences. So much so that we're trying to put together, I'm thinking we're trying to put together a one-day conference that weekend here in Lowell, at our Lowell office for 10 to 12 couples. If you'd be interested in that, I'd love to know. Please send me an email, joe at joemartino.com. You can Twitter me. You can you can find me online. Let me know if you'd be interested in that. But right, so I believe in the value of that and that's being taken away from me. And so I was relieved. I was also hurt. And as we know, anger is a cover-up emotion. I felt anger within about 24 hours of like, Rrr. and then as you step back, okay, so is there truth in what they're saying? I, to this day, I don't really think that there was. I can't find the first sermon. I don't know. I do know that I said some things that I'm sure people didn't like. I admitted that when I said them. I'm not sure it's judgmental. Is what I'm doing worth whatever it is that I'm going through? But then the third thing is, why am I doing this? And that's such an important question. I tell clients all the time. In fact, I tell our kids this all the time. I don't care what you're doing. Tell me the why. Our daughter, hey, I might want to go to, to school in the UP. Okay, fine. Why? Hey, I might want to go to school in Texas. To my knowledge, no one said that yet. Why? Right? Hey, I want to do this. Okay, why? But that's a question that you have to ask yourself, especially when you're hurt, especially when you are in a place where it's uncomfortable, especially when you're in a place where you've been rejected. You need to run out the why am I doing this? What is it that's driving me to want to do this? Because what that does then is it allows you to step back and get to the next question, which is how do I put the most gracious possible lens on this? And, and I won't get into those details here because I'm not sure how I could do it without potentially putting someone else's business out there. But there's a host of reasons that all those things could have happened that have nothing to do with me. And, and that's true of everybody at almost every stage of life. So as you lean into that, I'm doing it for these reasons. I believe in what we're doing. And maybe this is going on or maybe that's going on. Maybe it was just a bad weekend and they weren't in a very good place because who knows what's going on and we weren't in a very good place because of who knows what was going on and it's okay right because ultimately i have zero control over what they do or what they say that's that emotional intelligence piece right like yes i'm looking at it through my lens and i understand my own emotions and i'm aware of them but then i'm also stepping back and saying well what could have been going on in their story that led to their decisions and we might not ever know but i liked when you're like hey maybe we'll just have a conference that weekend here in Michigan, because I've had several people ask me about that. And sometimes I sit back and I think, here's this pain that hurt, but everything happens for a reason. And that's just was a closed door because there's something else out there I'm supposed to do that weekend. Yep. Yep. And, and so, and the thing of it is, is 
you know, again, there's, I always tell clients there's a difference between an intellectual ascent and, and an emotional ascent, right? And a lot of times I know in my room, people will give me the verbal, logical, oh yeah, agreement, but all their body language, all their microfacials is saying they disagree. And, and that happens for us because we're human, right? And so, okay, are you going to fail in life? I mean, this is something we talked about, you, you know, how I miss coaching. And sometimes I think about getting back into coaching. I used to tell my kids, you're not going to win every game. It's rare that you're going to win every game. You're certainly not going to win every play. But you got to go out and win the next one. Regardless of what happened, you got to go out and win the next one. So, Joe, you're saying if we lose three in a row, you got to go out and win the next one? Yes. And if you lose four in a row, you got to go out and win the next one. You might stop and ask yourself, well, why am I losing four in the row, four in a row? But and what can I change? And and certainly that's part of that process is the truth of what they're saying. You know, what could I change? What could I have done differently? And I could have done a different talk. I could have used a different. There's a lot of things I could have done differently. You may decide that you don't need to do anything differently. It just went the way it went. One of the things I actually thought about that I don't think I've shared with you yet is in that message you had mentioned, hey, I'm afraid. I'm about to finish writing a book and release it. And I'm terrified of the critics, right? Yeah. And this was, it was almost like you said that and here came your first yep. like example of, hey, Joe, how are you going to handle this? Because if you think this is uncomfortable, you release that book. Which we might not because of that. Your no, life kidding. is about to get even more uncomfortable with your critics. Right. Yep. And so it really comes down to what's the truth and what they're saying. What could you do differently? Why are you doing what you're doing? What's the most gracious way to look at what's going on? And then how do you get back around about doing your business? How do you get back to doing the things that you're called to do, that you're wired to do? And so we talked about that. So like, you know, I talked to you. Uh, I went and talked to the guys over at, at the office down the road from us, hung out with them for a little bit. And, and, you know, having those people to go to and just kind of verbally dump for a second and then just move on with life and just accept the reality that, that pain comes for everybody. That no one makes it through this life pain-free who does anything. And the people who don't do anything, they don't make it through life pain-free either. They just don't get this type of pain. And rather it's friendships ending or rejection of a speaking gig or people not liking you because you wrote a book, it's stepping back and realizing I might not understand why this happened, but there, tomorrow's always a new day and there's something else in preparation for you often yep. and, that and you're a, not even aware of. And a lot of times there's going, like one of the things that I talk to people all the time about, 20% of the people are going to love you just because you remind them of their Aunt Erica, who was the greatest person in the world. And she used to show up with candy and gifts for them. And you remind them of her, and so they just love you. 20% of the people you run into are going to hate you because you remind them of your Aunt Erica. And she was an old-school Baptist who was mean and judgmental and and never showed up with any candy or gifts for them. She smelled like formaldehyde, and, and she was mean. And they're going to hate you, nothing because of what you did, but because you remind them of a person you've never met. It's the middle 60% that we have to focus on for our influence and how we move them. And, and sometimes people, you know, people are always trying to make sense of things. And I remember when we were at that place, this one guy was giving me a story. And it was one of those things where he's telling me a story. But I mean, I'm a counselor for a long time and I'm, I'm, I'm a little old. I know when somebody's telling me a story that isn't about the story, it's a, they're trying to make a point to me. And I kept thinking, well, that's not even me, dude. I don't know why you're telling me this story. I don't care. That isn't who I am or what I do. 
But for whatever reason, that was made up. And there's nothing I'm going to do to undo that. Because for whatever reason, I'm now in that 20% for him. Or he's in that 20%. He just doesn't like me. If I let that 20% keep me from doing what I need to do, the work that I need to do, certainly take in whatever they say, look for the truth. But then once you pick out the truth and you find the lies, flush it all away and move on. We talk a lot about there's a difference between regret and guilt. And regret is, yep, I could have done that differently. I'll do it differently next time. Let's move forward. No, there's uh, maybe somebody else, if it's a friendship, that's waiting for you that, that needs you this season. Because yep. I think yep. life is about seasons, right? Yeah, and life cycles. Life Absolutely. Cycles, life yep. seasons, yeah. Yep. Um, if it wasn't this speaking gig, like this is what you're good at doing. This is what you do. There's something else for you, whether it's that weekend or another weekend. And this all happened for a reason. So right. So you press yep. forward. And even when you move it into friendships, we talked actually just the week before about how friendships a lot there are friendships that just have seasons they have a beginning a middle and an end and it it's painful when the end is there but if you get hung up on that painfulness you won't continue to grow and if you're not growing you're not really living and so that's what i when you feel like you've been betrayed when you feel like someone has unfairly broken off a relationship with you do the due diligence. Dig into it. Find out what they think. Well, you know Why are they doing what they're doing? If they don't tell you, you can make guesses as long as you have some sort of logical process to make the guesses. And at some point, you have to turn the page and move on to the rest of the story. And you have to move on to what it is you're wired to do, to what it is you're called to do, and be ready for the next friend that's coming. All right, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me Share this with three of your friends. We find meaning by sharing things with other people. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.